Well, babe, we did it. We wrote a book. Yeah, man, it's it's actually surreal to even think about uh, that we wrote a book, had a baby, got married, not necessarily in that order. <laughs> <laughs> but the book is now available yeah. for pre-order and we're so excited to share it with you. Oh, so looking forward to getting this book into your hands, to be in dialogue and conversation with all of you as we continue to liberate love from old imprints and codependent dynamics that keep us small, stuck, and stagnant. Yeah, you know, no matter your relationship status, this book walks you through what shaped you, why do you do what you do in relationship. It dives deep into your relationship blueprint, attachment styles, and most importantly, which is different than every other book that's ever covered codependency in the past, we explore the role of the nervous system in that. And the book is called Liberated Love. Yeah, release your codependent patterns and create the love you desire. Go to createthelove.com slash liberated love to order your copy now. That's createthelove.com slash liberated love and get that pre-order in and you'll be able to get a free download of a meditation we created and a workbook that goes along with it. Much love and appreciation for your support. Much love. Thank you. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian Pigeon Mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramount Plus. How do you distinguish between the ego voice, the fear voice, and how do you distinguish between the intuitive voice? Intuition isn't always going to make sense, but the, also the intuitive message will come in. It will give you the message and it will leave. Hi, my name is Mark Groves, and I'm obsessed with understanding human behavior and why we do what we do. In this podcast, I interview the world's most brilliant minds and hearts, where I get to explore, alongside you, every subject you can imagine relating to our human experience and how we relate. It is my deepest intention that we all learn how to create the life and love that we've always dreamt of. Now, before we get rolling, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. And one ask that I have, and an amazing way that you can help support the podcast is by wherever you listen to it, giving it a five-star review and a written review. With all that said, let's dive in and transform our lives. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mark Rose Podcast. Today, I have Natalie Miles. Welcome to the show. Hello, I'm excited to chat with you. So for you listening, Natalie is an author, a channel, a psychic medium, an incredible human. And let's get into what is a channel? What is a psychic medium? Because I'm sure for some people are like, oh man, we're going off the deep end. Yes, let's go. <laughs> yeah, so for me, I'm, yeah, I'm a psychic medium. I connect to... The other side, I connect to your spirit team. So a team in spirit that you have that are around you to guide you and look after you um, and share information with you. I connect to loved ones who have passed over. So deceased um, family members, friends, animals That's pretty yeah, cool. and ancestors too. So ancestors, so ancestral lineage 
ancestors that you may or may not know of that come through too so yeah that's that's what I do and I channel information from them and I channel kind of information on the collective so um the energy of what's happening in our collective um because there's a connection between what's happening to us individually um, on the micro and what's happening on the macro. And so, yeah, I get that information coming through too. Well, there must be a lot of chatter in the last while about what's going on. In the <laughs> it's been rather loud. Um, I did back in 2019 for the 2020 energy forecast that I did because I do a yearly forecast. And what came through for 2020 was that, that there was going to be a global health crisis and it was all going to be about... Um, our sovereignty around that. So, um, yeah, that's what came through, uh, for 2020. And you record those too. So it's not yeah. like that's not documented. Yeah, it was all recorded. So during the last couple of years, people were very much like, this is what you said. This is, this is what you shared. And also in 2019, there was also this energy of what's the elephant in the room? Like, what is there something coming? Like, there is this pivotal thing that's there's an elephant in the room. There's something massive coming through um, that's going to change everything. And um, we've all got a bit comfortable. So hold on to your hats. So 20, 2019, 2020, certainly a doozy. 2021, buckle up, bitches, because that one went real, real wild. Yeah. 2022, well, we were like coming out of the fog, I guess, a little bit. What is the forecast? 2023 is all about moving on. Like the energy for 2023 is about moving on. And so we're really moving on jobs, careers, identity is a real big part of all of that, like shifting identities, how we communicate, but also this real energy of nourishment for 2023. Like how are we nourishing ourselves? What does that mean? Um, to support ourselves, to support our bodies, to nourish ourselves in 2023 was really big. But also around moving on doesn't necessarily mean like creating a massive action plan and like focusing on outcomes and goals. It's actually kind of more internal as well. This energy of moving on where we're, we're there's a there's a very subtle shift internally. Yeah. And, and also lots of people are going through really big crumblings and unravelings as part of that moving on energy, leaving jobs, changing careers, relationship endings, births, deaths, marriages, all of the, all of the above. It's like a real change um, for, for, for us in 2023. When we look at that confrontation of death, when that really COVID was, the pandemic was. Yeah. Do you think that's what is bringing about the crumbling away that we've had to, you know, confront, well, some of us more than others, had to like actually dealt with it and others because we left liquor stores open and closed gyms, which made a lot of sense. We <laughs> then people just had more addictions. Certainly addictions have gone up. Mental health issues have gone up because we're not navigating the things we need to navigate. But do you think for the vast majority of people where things are crumbling away, it is yeah, because I think they are there's an energy of how what people have had to face over the last two years. They now actually have to take action on them again. They actually really have to face um, what is happening. Um, we live in a death phobic culture. We have 
I mean, I've just started a podcast called Things That Die, talking about death specifically because, yes, off the back of the last couple of years where we've really seen um, the death phobic culture in action, but also because part of my channeling that's coming through is that we're going to be facing more death on this planet. So let's start talking about it. Let's start having the difficult conversations. Let's talk about endings because we're going to be facing more of it. So let's let's break the taboo on that conversation. But as part of, yeah, people are, the people are really facing difficult mental health issues. And I see that in my clients, but also people really wanting to make the changes in their lives. But what's really interesting, there's a lot of everyone's tired. Like every, oh, people yeah. are tired. They're tired of, um, they want to make the changes, but they don't necessarily have the energy to do that. And I'm seeing that really on a, on a macro level and on a micro level on, you know, working with people where people really want to make the changes, but there's, there's such a polarity of like one day having loads of energy to make the changes and really face the things and face the endings. And then the next day being really tired and be like, Oh my God, I don't think I can face that. So yeah, it's, it's a bit of a roller coaster right now. Yeah. We seem to be in that time where we're like coming out of it and there's a birth. So there's the need for restoration, the need for taking care of ourselves. You know, yeah. I think about the constant psychological stress that we've all endured um, no matter, I think no one has been untouched by that. And that psychological stress is just, it, it, although I think, man, if you're going to become a channel, that's probably when it happens. I'm how, what was the birth of your, uh, or were you always chatting with squirrels and shit? Like, I'm curious. Yeah. <laughs> you're always like, you know, you're a little kid and spirits like, Hey, you should tell your mom this. And then all of a yeah, sudden your mom's so like, how the hell do you know that? <laughs> I used to have really weird dreams as a kid. So I used to dream that I was like mercury, like I was actually like a silver liquid and I could move myself into different times and spaces. And um, that used to be a really big recurring dream for me as a kid, which now looking back is a really psychic, intuitive um, dream. I also used to be very frustrated and angry as a kid, especially when I used to see wrongdoing or I used to see people lying around me or I could tell when something was energetically off. So it meant that I used to get very frustrated um, and angry as a kid, but I started going to um, like psychic circles in the UK. So yeah, before I moved to Canada and I'm now I'm back in the UK, but when I was 16, I, yeah, I went to psychic circles with my mom, um, which meant that I realized that I could share messages and I was like, oh, wow, like this is, this is cool. And I really experienced the other side for the first time in a kind of more of a ritual, more of a um, structured format versus me getting messages or knowing things or being intuitive. So that was when I first really realized. And then I shut it down. Well, I didn't shut it down. It just wasn't formalized as a, as a thing um, with my own gifts. But it wasn't until I moved to Canada and I left my friends, my family, and kind of stepped into a whole brand new country where I turned back to my own intuition. And I found, again, I found a psychic circle and I found a mentor who said to me, Nat, you, you do know you're going to be doing this full time. And I laughed because I was working in film. Um, I saw that as my career. And as that unraveled and that ended, and I realized that it didn't light me up, 
um, I was like, oh gosh, like I am, I'm going to be, I'm going to be like, I'm going to create a business and I'm going to do this. And it's been the best thing ever because it just feels like me, it, me and the work are nothing separate. Like I am, you know, I get to share and I get to channel and I get to share messages with people. And that brings me a lot of joy. And I know it's my purpose. I know that's why I'm here on this planet. So when you started to access, well, not access it, but I guess develop this skill set. Yeah. Were you kind of caught off guard by the messages you were getting? Like, what's kind of like the weirdest moment you got one and you're like, oh, I should go tell them. (laughs) And then you did. And they were like, what the heck? Has that happened? Yeah. When I was first giving messages, it was like really random things. Like I'd see cakes flying around people's heads and I was like, oh, (laughs) Like, why am I seeing cake? And then I'd say to the person like, oh, I'm seeing cake around you. You have a relationship to cake or sweet things. And the woman was like, oh, it's always been my dream to be a baker. It's always been my dream to have a bakery and I love sweet things. I was like, oh, cool. Like that was the first ever message I gave at 16. One funny message that always randomly stays with me is I was in a psychic circle in Vancouver And, um, all I could hear was, um, Super Mario music, like the actual video game. And I was like, why am I hearing this? This is meant like, this is weird. So I said to the woman and, um, I said, look, I'm hearing this Mario music. I keep seeing you jumping over like green, like the green tubes and you're trying to jump the boxes and you can't. And she laughed at me and she said, oh my gosh. She said last weekend, I um, decided that I was going to practice Super Mario in secret behind my boyfriend's back so that I could um, get really good and then I could surprise him and and he'd be like, why are you all of a sudden so good at Super Mario? And I was like, that's the most random message. And I was like, well, keep going because the other side think it's really cool that that you're doing it. Otherwise, I wouldn't be hearing the Super Mario music. That is so funny. So it can be really simple. Like messages can be really simple, but then you you can also be sharing messages of go and reach out to that person because they might not be on this planet very much longer or you know your dog's in pain, maybe it's time to help them to the other side. So you can get really simple, fun, playful messages and then you can get the more hard-hitting mediumship messages where they're saying how they died, how they passed over, giving information to family members because there's been a question mark on how they died and you're filling in the blanks from speaking to the other side around like how someone passed over. So you get all range of the spectrum of like what kind of messages you're you're sharing. It's always really interesting. How did you learn to trust that? Like Because I would imagine there's people listening who are like, I've always felt like an intuitive sense. So how do you know if what you're saying, the person listening is like, I think I might have, like what would be the signs and symptoms? And then how did you develop trust with that? Great question. So we're all intuitive. For me, how I share it is it's beginning to notice and notice the themes and the patterns and the signs around you, the imagery. So it's like all of a sudden you're getting those repeated words, repeated phrases, you know, you're overhearing conversations where you're hearing particular words keep coming up. 
um, music. Suddenly you're listening to certain music and it's playing through in lyrics. You're watching a TV show and suddenly they start using the word or the phrase and it's trying to get your attention. And sometimes that's how our intuitive gifts come through. It's about noticing the signs and messages. It's not necessarily, um, you know, seeing it as like a psychic thing. Um, but we do all have access to our feeling and hearing, knowing and seeing gifts. And it's about um, seeing and playing, like literally playing with them. Um, so I always say that noticing, like pausing and stopping and noticing is the way is the way forward. Ironically, at the start of 2020, so many people were finding themselves to be way more intuitive because they had stopped, they had paused, they weren't in the usual craziness of life. And so their intuitive gifts actually like skyrocketed their dreams, their information, the dream state was coming through. So that's um, how I'd start beginning to notice for people to notice. And on a trust level, I think it's about understanding what trust feels like in your body, because for many of us, we don't know what trust feels like in the body with, with what's been through, what we've been through in our lives. But it's also, I say, start small. So start small in asking for a sign, asking for a message, um, and then get bigger. So I always say as a really great example, like ask for the car parking space. Like actually when you're driving up to somewhere really busy. I do that. Yeah. It's a works. It works. All of a like, sudden you got baller parking. Someone pulls out, pull you pull right in, you're like, what's up? Exactly. And I have I've had that in my where I th- I think that I've got the space. I'm like, yes. And my guides go, don't you trust us? Like, why don't you drive like that extra, like 50 yards and, and, and just go to the front of the building. And I've done that. And I'm like, oh, there's even, there's even more of a better space or someone like literally pulls out. And yeah. So start with the small things like car parking spaces and then build into it. But I really, for me, it's part of trusting what feels off in the body. Like again, when you're, especially if you're navigating through a situation, a relationship, a person, it's really about honoring how your body feels because the body is intuitive, like, and it's an intuitive vessel. And when we honor that and we kind of be open to discover how that flows in, it's really potent. This episode was brought to you by The Wellness Company. Now you guys know I'm all about standing in the truth of what matters to me. And when it comes to my health and my family's health, I am very careful who I take advice from. Trust and transparency are so important to me, especially now that I'm a new dad. Now The Wellness Company was formed by a team of doctors who lost their jobs and they were subsequently canceled, censored, for speaking up and pushing back against the mismanagement of the pandemic. As a native Canadian and former pharmaceutical rep, I am all too familiar with the failings of the current system, and it is pretty clear that we need some sort of massive change. Now, not only does the wellness company offer live telemedicine services, but they also have a wide range of high-quality doctor-formulated supplements that are designed to, one, degrade the spike protein and protect you from shedding, boost your immune system, support your heart health, help you sleep better, and there's so many more. 
They recently just launched the Spike Support Formula. Now, it's the only product I've seen that contains a unique combination of natural ingredients, including natokinase and dandelion root extract. Natokinase has been shown to help break down and eliminate the spike protein, and dandelion root blocks it from binding to your cells. To support those experiencing side effects from the shots and to help those suffering from long COVID and to protect you from shedding, the Spike Support is one supplement that everyone can benefit from in this post-pandemic world. The truth is that we all need to be taking steps to protect ourselves from that toxic spike protein. Get yourself the wellness company's spike support formula now. You can go to twc.health/groves and use the code groves at checkout to save 15% off. So that's twc.health/groves to save 15%. You know, one thing and I think this is such an important question that I think almost every everybody reaches at some point in their life. And it is the first time that what they've been taught and who they've been taught to be and who they've built themselves to be, like the way they present themselves to the world and how they want to be seen is in opposition with that voice, with that intuitive feeling. Like I currently know just off the top of my head, and this is not even thinking about people who message me on social media, two people who are feeling called to leave a relationship. The message is like, has been hitting them for more than a year, some three years. And they're doing all the research to try to figure out. The reason I know this is because I've done this so I can see it now because in hindsight, you know, it's pretty clear. Mm -hmm. But it's like I was doing all the research to make it anything but what I knew, but what I felt. I wanted to figure out why was I broken? What was wrong with me that I couldn't choose this? And that was true also in our relationship, my relationship with Kylie, like she felt like, why can't I choose this? And it, it became such a massive point of trust for both of us to trust the feeling to leave, which ironically brought us back. But there are some, I have had that feeling where I needed to leave something and couldn't make it make sense and made the choice to trust that. And it was the birth of create the love. It was the birth of my passion for relationships. But I'm curious for people who are navigating that do you have any advice for them? Because I feel yeah. like that is like the fucking, yeah. and I'm sure if you're listening, you're like, please, please just let her fucking answer. Okay, so go. <laughs> um, yeah, in fact, I have a whole chapter on this in my book because it's such a big thing. Um, Huge. It, because how do you distinguish between the ego voice? How do you distinguish between the fear voice? And how do you just distinguish between the intuitive voice? For me, I describe that intuition isn't always going to make sense. It's not going to make logical sense. It's going to be a particular heart feeling in the body that you're drawn to, but that also the intuitive message will come in. It will give you the message and it will leave. It will go. But the anxiety and the fear voice will come in and it will just like keep going round and round and round mm. in your in, in research, your head. And so that's a this. really great way of, um, yeah, like distinguishing between them. Also, um, the intuitive voice is more direct and more authoritative and it will come in with um, a presence and an energy versus your anxiety, you know, running off at speed, feeling like, you know, it's a sergeant barking orders at you. Like there's a completely mm. different um, energy to it. And I also say that, oh man, when you're not listening to your intuitive voice, it is like the small pebble that turns into the rock, that turns into the, you know, the large life boulder where it's like, 
are you going to listen? And I've had that myself in relationships as well. When I haven't been listening to it, I have had, I know when I'm not listening because um, houses get flooded multiple times if I had a house flooded. Like your house gets flooded? Yeah. yeah. God, your guides are like, sorry, like you're going to have to leave because the house yeah. is getting flooded. And also like cars driving through windows. Like if I couldn't. <laughs> this I'm sorry, all... of a house? Yeah. yeah. So I was More in a basement. I, w- I got flooded twice, two separate houses. And, um, I, but same relationship. And the car was with, um, the car was also the same person and it was, they, we were in a basement and someone drove, basically mounted the curb and drove through this like massive glass window that you wouldn't have thought was like anything on street level, but was actually, um, like the access point to the whole of this basement below it. So, um, we were really worried that when we heard this massive bang, like literally, woke us up from, um, from sleeping and I smelt like the rubber and I was like, oh shit, someone's dead in our living room. Like there's a car in our living room. But that was the beginning of the, uh, the person was fine. Um, they were actually, they'd stolen the car and by the time we'd got out, they'd run off. But, um, that was the ending of the relation, like the real ending of the relationship. Um, I love which how your then, guides got that yeah. guy to steal a car to drive them into your house. <laughs> like of all the houses, you're like two floods. Ah, I'm going to stay. This is great, this relationship. Then yeah. fucking car. Did mm-hmm. you listen after the car? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like <laughs> the biggest, literally wake up call. Like the biggest wake yeah, up call. Yeah, good call. All, all levels of what are you doing? Which led me to leaving the UK, coming to Vancouver, leaving film, doing what I'm doing now. Like that wouldn't have happened um, without, but I was, I was, I wasn't listening to my intuition. Yeah. The magic of, you know, I, I think of it like uh, after hearing, I was talking to you yesterday, but about Carolyn Mace, just as she says, like, when you don't choose that, you're not trusting the hand of God that's leading you. You're saying, I know better. And Gosh, that actually seems to be kind of normal, right? Like this, it's normal to not listen to the intuitive sense because look, we can monetize that. We can monetize self-abandonment. It's great. You can pick up addictions. You can, but when you're like in the vibe, when you're like in alignment and you're working out and you're eating nutritious foods, like we all know what decisions are pro-life and what decisions are pro-death. And, you know, it's, it's about eradicating the pro-death ones, which means that you're actually celebrating life, vitality, and you're saying, I'm I'm here for a reason. And man, you know, I'm, I'm not spouting from the rooftops here or from the clouds being like, just do what I, because I certainly have resisted like fuck for the last three years, been like, oh no, I got, I got to keep doing this. I got to stay the same. I got to, it's too risky to be loud. It's too risky to share opposing feelings but realizing that the risk actually is much greater staying the same in my experience. Yeah, very much. And then the impact that that has on the body and on your throat and your throat chakra and all your the, thyroid, you know, yeah. it's, 
the, the, the energy of the line between the throat and the heart space is massive. Like it's such a potent portal and so many, um, yeah, just people struggle with their voice. You know, that's one of the biggest things that comes up in sessions is people really knowing what they want to say, but not saying it. People knowing what they want to express in relationships, but not saying it. No, like the sessions that I always find are really interesting. In the end, I'm giving information that people know, but they actually just need to hear from someone who doesn't know them, who's literally channeling through what wants to happen, you know, so that they can see the choices. I'm not here to tell someone what to do. It's like, these are, this is what's in front of you. But also I think people lose scope sometimes of, I get to, they show me like the timeline. So they'll be like, this happened when you were 15, this when happened when you were 22, so that people can see the repetitive pattern that we're repeating because we forget that we're just sometimes on these loops that we don't end off, that we don't complete. And so when we see the repetitive pattern in our own life, but then we also see that as an ancestral loop because then they're like, ancestors will come through in a session and they're like, oh, we did this too. Oh <laughs> yeah, this is this was our problem too. Oh, we were leaving, you know. <laughs> You're like, wait, um, so I am the first one entrusted with the possibility of ending this loop. And I think that's the yeah. beautiful thing about being able to have the awareness, the tools, the gifts, the whatever support community guide that says, actually, you don't have to do this again. Yeah. Because, man. And and then you become the first first person in your lineage who's since that that behavior has begun to move through it. And that's why I think what's so powerful about, let's say, setting a boundary or leaving a relationship or starting one, finally opening up to love is people will say, well, why is it so hard? All I need to do is say like, no, I don't want to go to the movie or no, I don't, whatever. And I'm like, because it's so much greater. Like you have a whole cellular DNA construct that remembers that the last time someone truly stood in their power, they might've died. They might've been raped. They might've been, you know, uh, assaulted, sent to jail, you know, whatever it might be. And it's like, that's so much to, to stand up against. Cause you're not just standing up against, I don't want to go to dinner this evening. <laughs> it seems so trite, but it's not. No, not at all. And it can also be something as sim- simple as like, you've overheard something as a child, like you've overheard a conversation or you've promised yourself something as a kid where you're like, oh, I'm not going to do it that way. Or you've seen something, yeah, mirrored back to you or a friend has said something or something happens at school. It's always really interesting the the information that comes through of our our school experiences and our schooling experiences and the, the, the connection to friendships and how that those first school friendships, those, those friendships that you have in the playground really shape your, um, your romantic partnerships of how you interact and how you set boundaries. And, um, I, I took that for granted as a kid. Like you don't, you don't realize that, but on reflection back and what's come through in client sessions is those childhood friendships inform so much about ourselves. Yeah, the beliefs we create about ourselves, the vulnerabilities, the wounding, the betrayals, the rejections. It is, you know, it it's painfully fascinating to me that 
you know, we have, let's say, one major rejection or betrayal, maybe numerous, mm-hmm. um, but it only takes one. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we make every connection mean it's going to lead to that wound, that injury. And, and as you were saying, that actually can be ancestral, yeah. but the way it's passed down is through the behavior patterns of our parents because they keep hitting the same upper limit. You know, it makes me think of like, I think it was rats that were exposed to a smell and shocked. And then the next generation, the rats were never shocked with the smell. They just inherited the protective mechanism to not, uh, when they smell that smell, to avoid it. And so it took three generations for that to leave. And I think like, wow, we actually have the ability to see the decouple, the the connection from injury mm-hmm. or the connection from absence of required behavior that we now can say, oh, I actually need boundaries. I actually need a voice. I actually need to say no. I actually need to say yes, like whatever it is. Yeah. And also I find it really interesting because of globalization and people moving around countries, especially, you know, to, you know, people coming to America, people moving to different parts of the world, um, that also having a real impact on people on safety in the body, because ancestrally their ancestors moved around or their ancestors were displaced because of war or, um, violence and how that then impacts you know, this generation where they're wondering why they don't feel settled or they wonder why they can't create a home or they wonder why they can't feel rooted. Um, and then the ancestors come through and they're like, well, hi, like, you know, you forgot about our experiences and that, and again, um, as an invitation and an opportunity to, to see those feelings in the body and to heal them and finally be like, okay, I'm going to make roots. I'm going to anchor. I'm going to, I'm going to see how this shows up in my body and, and, and create the home for the family is really, really big. Yeah. I can see that. Uh, I remember being at a talk in Vancouver where the speaker was saying what happens to a lot of people who move to, let's say Canada or the U S and we're, you know, inheriting the sort of the colonization. Yeah. Is there's not a belief that they're indigenous from somewhere, mm-hmm. like they're disconnected from that. And I thought, oh, that's actually quite interesting that we forget. It's, I mean, that's the wounding of the trauma of colonization also occurs to the people who left their land. Yeah. But we forget that. Big time. And it's a forgetting of ancestral rituals, ancestral food, and just an, just an energy connection to a land that feels familiar in some way and yeah on on an energetic level but yeah it's such a big invitation right now to yeah find that connection but also in it is an invitation into that ancestral energy to see um where we're not being authentic based on previous like ancestral stories money's really you know money and ancestor stories is huge oh my god massive People have, families have lost money in the past, um, lost land, had money and then lost it. Or yeah, it always comes through in sessions um, around that connection. So if someone's listening to this and is just like, what is going on with my money? I'm struggling (laughs) with money. Like go back and look at what you know about your direct family, like your living family around money and their relationship to money. But really like go and ask the stories of your grandparents and your great grandparents, if you can, around what their money, like what their relationship to money was or was their loss of 
money in the family because it normally stems back from there too. Wow. Today's podcast is sponsored by NutriSense. That was the sound of the NutriSense biosensor that I've been wearing because as you know, I've been diving deep into how my body works. I've been doing what I would like to call Operation Reverse Dad Bod to step out of the narrative that fathers become less fit when they become fathers and I wanted to use this special moment of being a father to get into the best shape of my life. And this is part of that journey. So it's this small device that you put on the back of your arm that provides real-time feedback on how your body responds to the foods that you're eating, your exercise, stress, and even your sleep. Now, it's not just for diabetics. It's for anybody looking to take charge of their blood sugar and their metabolic health, which is exactly me and might be you. With NutriSense, you're not just guessing how choices may impact your blood sugar, your metabolic health. NutriSense helps you track your data. It helps you understand your glucose trends, and you get to see your macronutrient breakdown for each meal. The app gives you an overall score for each meal based on how your body responds. Now, you can literally see how food and habits are affecting your metabolism. It's amazing. I love it. And what's incredible is that you don't have to figure it all out by yourself because one of my favorite parts of NutriSense was that I was matched with a personal nutritionist to get one-on-one insights. Now, she helped me understand so much about blood sugar, how what I was eating was impacting it, and honestly, so much more. And I have to add, she was actually incredibly funny, which made it even better. She also helped me create a personalized plan and she would check in on me regularly just to make sure that I was keeping on track. Honestly, I would recommend everyone try NutriSense. When you use it for a month, it opens your eyes in profound ways for how your food, your exercise, and everything you're doing is affecting you. You can get all of this today. NutriSense has a special offer for our listeners. Go to NutriSense.com slash MarkRoves and use the code MarkRoves to save $50 off your first month plus get a free month of nutritionist support. Be sure to tell them that you learned about NutriSense on the MarkRoves podcast. So go visit NutriSense.com slash MarkRoves and use code MarkRoves to start decoding your body's messages and pave the way for a healthier life. Okay, I'm curious when you talk to somebody, are their guides all hanging out behind them or like in the sky around you? And they're oh, I like, love that question. Is um, that true? Like, is that what happens? Yeah, like I see it as it's like my spirit team. So my guides like having a um like a chat with their spirit team all around who are like all stood around them. And <laughs> I'm like just <laughs> I'm literally just the radio wave frequency in the middle. I'm like just the door that allows You're like me. the fly on the wall that we all wish we were for conversations. <laughs> you're like that, but you're like in another realm, like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I find it. Yeah, I'm just tuning into the right frequency. So I'm just the radio so they they can they can communicate and then I can pass pass the info on. Okay, I'm curious. Can you chat with mine? Are mine hanging out? <laughs> well, mine I did are probably give... chatty. I think that's true. <laughs> it's likely. Yeah, they probably don't stop talking, Mark. <laughs> no. Yeah, yesterday you gave a message. We recorded on Natalie's podcast yesterday and my dog was barking, so I had to go uh, just get him to be quiet for the podcast. And she was like, actually, he wanted me to tell you that he doesn't like his sleeping arrangements. And I was like, that's really funny because we didn't have him for the first four months of Jasper's life, just newborn. It was just easier. And he was with my parents and their dog. And uh, I got him back and he was sleeping in my room right now. He was sleeping in the room with me. And uh, he told Natalie, which so funny is the night before you and I chatted 
I had this sense like I need to move him down to this downstairs to the basement so he has his own space in the kennel. And uh, you were like, he doesn't like. Yeah, I was like, I thought he, he would have wanted to chill, but he yeah. didn't. He was like, yeah. He was like, I don't want to be there anymore. I need my space. I feel I don't have. He's like, I'm really uncertain where I'm sleeping. I don't know where I belong. Where Where shall I be? I need I need my space. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. A little stability. He's had a little yeah. movement. Yeah, and also his yeah he wants to be part of the pack, but also wants like his his space that he knows that you know that's his space that he can call that he can call his. There's something really important for that as he kind of refines his place. Carl finds his space in the pack <laughs> again. Yeah, he's back. back in the pack with Jasper. Is yeah. he above Jasper or below? I think they're hanging out together. He's yeah, pretty good. He's when I introduced them, he was like, okay, cool. I have a brother. That's cool. Can we go play fetch? Like yeah, it was pretty. Carl's, Carl's got great energy. Like he's just. Oh my God, he's the best. He's just awesome. I love that dog. He's just, he's calm. He's collected. He, he just, he's so family orientated. He's just so happy to be part of a family. Like that is his thing. Like the, he is like just so happy to be, you know, in family. And so I know you got him, there was something like you got him when you were um, in your break, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. So when Kai, like it was suddenly like, oh yes, like this is awesome. (laughs) Like sweet. I got a mom now. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice to have a little feminine energy around here. Some candles. Big time. Your guides and your ancestors right now are really, they're just geeing you on to the next level. There's a big upgrade. There's a big shift that I run, that fatherhood has really like rooted and anchored you in, in a whole different way that now actually gives you permission to like go to the actual heights that you of how you can show up where there is like a deeper presence and a deeper reverence for family, but that actually now kind of like gives you permission to go and really follow the dreams um, and really go and speak about the subjects that you really want to like, that you really want to go and talk about. And this like reassignment of like who Mark is, is like really potent. Yeah, I freaking felt that. That's no doubt. It was like, man, sorry, you don't have a choice. Sorry, you don't have a choice. I remember you saying during uh, 2021, I think it was, maybe 2022, because you came and visited when we were in Calgary. Yeah, I was, yeah, no, it was 2021. Yeah, and I remember you were like, sorry, you've been reassigned. And I was like, no, I, I get it. I, I can feel it. Ironically, though, it's like the exploration of how humans interact is not limited to romantic relationships. It's just a great way to amplify what are the things that we're going through. But, you know, exploring the human condition and what I think, especially right now, what's so interesting, I'm curious your thoughts on it and what the, the sort of collective and macro and micro message is. But what I witness is that there seems to be a, a, a real great fear of being with the truth, being with reality, being with like, you know, we were having these conversations, let's say, for example, about gender. And we're unwilling to say that sex exists, biological sex exists. And there's just no conversation about it. It's like if you want to converse about it, you're phobic. 
And, you know, you look at the conversation about vaccines. It was like, wait, you're, critici- you're criticizing it? You're anti. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's just not a healthy way of operating any society, culture, family relationship. Because if you came to me with a concern about a birth control pill, and I called you anti-birth control, that'd be pretty stupid. You know, I should be celebrating your level of curiosity. But I think, again, it's that correlation to death. If I'm so convinced that if you don't do this thing, even though it doesn't make scientific or critical thinking sense, it's emotional now, yeah. uh, I'm going to have to villainize you so that I feel safer, even though it's actually a false sense of safety. It's not real. Yeah, and I think it's really connected to we are in a time of when people are being taken out of their power. So the ways that we can create division, the ways that we can like get us to turn upon each other is all part of this. Like 2026, 2027 is really big for the collective on like the truth being like the real truth around society and governments and money and the political systems really coming to a head. But, in Shit, the we build. gotta wait till 2026. Shit. Yeah, there's more. About. Like 2026, uh, 2027 just feels really, really big on the planet. And I think that the discussions that we're having of looking at what truth is, is part of that where we are being distracted, fragmented in all the ways. So that we don't want to have the difficult conversations, but that also it is to create, you know, as you say, like, and together and having the conversation, it's like, well, you're in that camp and you're in this camp and you don't believe this. So we're over here. It is creating that warring fractious energy that is, and it wants it. The energy wants that. That's why it's like when we can have those conversations and step out of the warringness of it, it, you know, is, is big because that's what it wants us to do. That's how I'm. Yeah. Yeah. But truth, truth and the rise of, um, the things that are hidden in the shadows and the peak of 2026, 2027 just feels really big. Yeah. It's interesting how there's uh, a war on information now. Yeah, And the language that's used about that, because a a lot of things, a large amount of things that were labeled misinformation were actually not and have been proven as such. And the quote unquote fact checkers were often full of shite. So, you know, I like, I look at even how the word freedom, and I refuse to be put in boxes of left Mm -hmm. or right, because as soon as someone says, when I want to have a discussion that I must be right wing, I just refuse to join those labels because it's not an accurate label of me, but left wing is no longer an accurate label of me. And it's just a trap. It's a fucking trap, you know, and they call it the, you know, the left and right wing belong to the same bird horseshoe politics, you know, talks about how the left and right at their extremes become the same. And, you know, it's, if we don't buy into it and we continue to actually have and learn how to have dialogue, but this to me is such a sign of, our inability to do that romantically, our inability to do that, right? It's just a a macro of the micro. None of us, sorry, none is not fair. A lot of us have not sat with our shit and -hmm. we haven't healed our childhood shit. And because of that, we are unable to sit with the divisions. We're split, so we embrace what is split in the macro. 
you know, and yeah. it's because both force us within and the spirit is like, you know, like get on a ride. Like yeah. you can either deal with this and, and eat the dark night of the soul, humble pie yeah. or completely feed the darkness, I guess. Because we feel then we have to split ourselves to then cope with what's happening on the external. So we then end up just but when it creates a vicious circle where we're just then fueling what's happening on the micro by continually splitting ourselves and stepping us out of our truth, which is why connecting to your intuition of what feels right for you at this time and really dropping in and being open to that and, and, and pausing and noticing and really honoring the intuitive body and how it's communicating for you. That is what's going to help you navigate these times. Like that's, that's what is, you know, the more that you strengthen your own gifts, your own intuition of what is your truth and what feels right and wrong for you, job done. Like, because if you're doing that and then you're, you're showing that to your friends, your family members, your community, that then ripples out. And then it, you know, it has really powerful energetics of, you know, you using your voice, um, and, listening to your intuition of, of what, what do you believe? What's your truth? And, and, and also what's your truth, but also digging deep into what inverted commas, the truth is being told at you. Well, at this point, it seems like the weaponization or amplification of shame and the threat of not belonging is so high. And, you know, that being from cancel culture, but it's also within families. You have an opposing view. You're not invited to Christmas. You're, you think this, oh, you're this. And, you know, when I, what sort of advice do you have as we face, because it's a very real reality for humans to face what is possibly the disintegration or the rejection of connection in order to, to embrace what intuition is saying. And I think we've all been put in some level of that in the last three years for some way before that. But, you know, I think for the collective it's really been a compression of like will you use your voice or will you not and i don't think it's ever too late or too you know there's no shame holding on too longer or you know any of that i ironically i think it's community that's going to rebuild and to have for us to help our develop our own intuition I think community is the key and it's not about the self. It's actually about the people around us. And that's where many of us are really being guided to right now is to reestablish and root down into a community. But at the same time, it's about community, but not in an echo chamber. Otherwise, if we're just creating community and echo chamber, that's like, we're just repeating the same shit over again. So think it's those the community that can listen to what it knows intuitively but is ready to open to have the debate and to connect with other communities that might have differing beliefs but do you know what I mean to yeah <laughs> to mingle with yeah, it's that. interesting that's a really good point because you end up experiencing possibly the severance of connection with or the destabilization of connection that is actually rooted on you not being honest or being truthful or being authentic. And so the, the system has to reorganize around the real you. This is true of romantic relationships. When you start expressing yourself, family with your mom, all of a sudden you got boundaries in a boundaryless system. 
the the system ha- everyone has to take on a new role one that respects boundaries one that respects wholeness and you're right all of a sudden you are now free yeah but it doesn't feel like freedom but you're free you're liberated from the pattern and you are now a full self free from these codependent patterns and now you are drawn to community of other people who celebrate unconditionally your expression that certainly be my experience and i was thinking the other day like no one codependent has ever created anything that is novel and unique that threatened their connections and the opinions of the people around them the feelings mm. and when we finally step into the gift the calling the thing and experience being free from that prison that we agreed to be part of we now are free to find other people who are following their gifts because if you came to me and you're like i have a dream i'm like that sounds great which i that, i know that's a famous speech but you know it's like if you came to me and you said that mm-hmm. my response would immediately be tell me more about your dream not oh have you thought about like the algorithm have you thought about <laughs> like what your dad will think you know it's like <laughs> let's fucking light this up yeah and getting that excitement and the fire and one of the main messages that spirit always gives me is will you just lighten up and go and have some fun like you guys <laughs> are so fucking serious like what are you doing like it's so loud and you know ancestors loved ones they're very much like can you just move on from this and like go and enjoy <laughs> yourselves because you guys are like really overanalyzing just go do what you love and and stop taking everything so serious <laughs> that's so good i'm curious um what is like a what is are you feeling called that people need to hear who are listening to this it's a really powerful potent time of endings like it really is and so endings are uncomfortable they bring up a lot from the past they bring up a lot of the fear of the unknown and what the future is and there very much is this bardo liminal space where we're in between things currently and so if you're feeling that one know that you're not alone know that it's happening the collective know that that's happening to lots of people but this is a real time to honor the endings and shut the door on something don't leave it open just a little crack just in case that you can go back and you know oh well you never know they might change or you know that part that it might be for me it might come back around again if your intuition is telling you shut the door do it properly and walk away listen and do it it's a really potent time to do that so if you're being invited in to do it make it happen and listen oh that's so powerful and i know that you listening are like shit because there's something (laughs) there's something maybe it's a behavior that's destructive maybe it's a relationship maybe it's just a way of being maybe it's uh the way that you orient to food or your body Mm -hmm. or your work or your passions or your purpose or your heart or your intuition or all of it so natalie miles this was I'm going to say savage. It was good. You fire. Oh, that's Mark. There's going to be some endings coming. You're going to be getting some messages like, burn (laughs) that down. All right. Um, All right. I appreciate you so much for people listening. Where can they find more of you? Where can they get your book? 
yeah. all that stuff. And we'll make sure we link it all in the show notes. Yeah. Um, website, natalie-miles.com, Instagram, I am Natalie Miles. And my book, uh, You Are Intuitive, Trust Your Truth, Take Back Your Power. So potent. I appreciate you. Thank you so Too. much. 